In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. There's a beautiful 13th century hymn to Mary called Stabat Mater. It's used in the liturgy of September 15th, Our Lady of Sorrows. Stabat Mater Juxta Crucem, Mary there at the foot of the cross. And one of the phrases in that, that hymn can help us in our prayer this evening here in this meditation in Manhattan as we, we want to respond to the the call of our Lord uh, to allow him to, to set our hearts on fire, to set our lives on fire. In that hymn, that Marian hymn, there's a line of prayer that goes, Fac ut ardeat cormeum in amando Christum Deum. Make my heart a flame in loving Christ God. Indeed, Mary, help us to love God, help us to have our hearts inflamed with the love of God. Mary, you are the sure way for us to Christ. As St. Josemaria said to Jesus, we always go, and to him we always return through Mary. And so she can help us to, to live out this, uh, this cry of our Lord and his preaching. Luke chapter 12. I came to cast fire upon the earth and would that it were already kindled. That's what our Lord wants. He's wants of us. He's come to cast fire upon the earth. Of course, that fire has to take place in our lives, in our, for instance, in our hearts, like, like, like we'll see in the, the, the history of the life of St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. Our Lord wants to cast fire in our hearts. The fire in the Bible has various meanings and symbols. One is God's presence. And we certainly want that. God's love. Fire is a symbol of God's love. Fire is a symbol of God's judgment. The fire is a symbol of divine purification. And fire is a symbol of the power of the Holy Spirit. And that power of the Holy Spirit, which can take, in effect, bring about a change in our lives, a conversion. And in all these ways, you know, we, we can look at our Lord's words, I have come to cast fire upon the earth and wood that were already kindled. Let's just take this time of prayer to 
just to allow that conversion to take place in our lives. And it's, a lifelong, it's a lifelong adventure, of course. But let's begin. St. Josemaria would say, begin and begin again. Nung chepi, now, today. And that's what prayer, in our prayer, we, ha- we open ourselves to that fire. We open ourselves to the, to the presence and, and the love and, and the purification and the power of God and, and, frankly, to his judgment as well. God's presence in the book of Exodus. We all have considered this in our, in, our, in our upbringing, to be sure, in our prayer. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and lo, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight. Why, the bush is not burnt. Because we have the presence of the Lord here, and it's attractive. It's attracting Moses to take a look. I will turn aside and see this great sight. Do we recognize the burning bush in our own lives, the presence of God in our own lives? Are we attracted to the things of God? Or perhaps to um, things that take me away from God? We're human. We're affected by original sin, by concupiscence. There's perhaps even another symbol of fire in a way, the, the, the burning destruction of sin. So let's turn, like Moses, let's turn and, and look to the Lord. Because that's ultimately what is going to happen here, as we know. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not put off your shoes from your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. The respect that God deserves, that his presence deserves. And Lord, thank you here in this oratory. We have your presence in a special way, of course, in the Blessed Sacrament. Jesus, you are truly present. Your body, your blood, your soul, your divinity. He deserves respect. That's why we enter an oratory, a chapel with the Blessed Sacrament present. We make a sign of respect. We make a genuflection. This is sacred ground. And and that's good. It's good for us to recognize that and and to live that out and not be too casual with our Lord. He doesn't want us to be uptight and petty, but but he he deserves our... For our own good, he deserves our effort, our genuflection, our, our, our words of love in our heart when we come into his presence in a special way in the Blessed Sacrament. How is my Eucharistic piety? 
And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. The presence of God. Fire, I don't, maybe, isn't it uh, talking about something being attractive? I, we were having a camp out or, or in, a, in our living room on a cold winter night and just you can just gaze upon the fire. There, the fire burning oh, for hours. It, 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 in a way, it leads to a certain contemplation, doesn't it? It's mesmerizing. And that's the way the presence of God should be in our lives. It should, it should be, draw us in. It should keep us in, in, in his presence, we, to keep us in the right place. We know, sinners that we are, we can go off to a, like that prodigal son, we can go off to a distant country, a vast wasteland, wilderness, in our, in our imagination, or, or literally in our, our, our physical journey to some place that we shouldn't be. So Lord, help us to, to be captivated by the fire of your love. And of course, that's another symbol of the fire, God's love for us. In the 17th century, our Lord appeared to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. She had private revelations from 1673 to 1675. And I, I suppose we've all seen the image of that sacred heart of Jesus that, uh, that she saw, uh, the heart bleeding surrounded by a, a crown of thorns with flames. Jesus was, you know, through St. Margaret Mary, he was teaching us about his love, the love of God, the love of God for us. Lord, help us to never take that for granted. You can't be around fire and be sort of blasé, just... If, if you're near fire, there's something's going to happen. It moves us. <laughs> well, the Lord said to Saint Margaret Mary, in, in that first, in the first, his first words to her in that apparition, <clears throat> "My divine heart is so inflamed with love for men, and for you in particular, that being unable any longer to contain within itself the flames of its burning charity, it must needs spread." them abroad by your means and manifest itself to them, to mankind, in order to enrich them with the precious graces of sanctification and salvation necessary to withdraw them from the abyss of perdition. The burning charity, the love of God, and in this case shown to St. Mary, St. Margaret Mary, is a flame, a flaming heart, the sacred heart of Jesus. Charity. The graces of sanctification. And yes, uh, taking us away from the abyss of perdition because well, eternal damnation is a possibility. God respects our freedom. We can misuse our freedom. Lord, give, give me the fire of your love. Help me to always be close to your sacred heart. 
St. Margaret Mary had that mystical experience. After this, he asked for my heart. And, and it's a mystical experience, but it's, it was very real to her. It was one of the things she said she was fearful of anything out of the ordinary. She didn't trust herself. But this was so real, that this experience that she had, that God gave her. After this, he asked for my heart, which I begged him to take. He did so and placed it in his own adorable heart, where he showed it to me as a little atom, which was being consumed in this great furnace. And withdrawing it thence as a burning flame in the form of a heart, he restored it to the place whence he had taken it, saying to me, he, put, he, he took her heart and put it into his own heart, his flaming heart, and put it back into her, into her body. And he said to her, My well-beloved, I give you a precious token of my love, having enclosed within your side a little spark of its glowing flames, that it may serve you for a heart and consume you to the last moment of your life. This was an experience that St. Margaret Mary was granted. And Lord, we ask you, in, in our way, we don't need mystical experiences to accept the love, the flaming love of God, which we should try to live always and to the last moment of our lives with the little things of, of daily life. St. Josemaria would say, we're all, of course, we're all called to be saints and we can discover the visible God and the most visible material things. Do I have a certain fire in me to, to fulfill the, the duty of the moment? A little thing done for love is worth so much, St. Josemaria said. Is there fire in the little things that come my way during the day? I try to recognize what God is asking of me and the little things of daily life. And yes, with his love, with the fire of his love, we can be inflamed. I've come to cast fire upon the earth. Would that it be enkindled? Well, when we, I don't know, get out of bed on time, there's a certain fire in that. We're enkindled with the love of God, with the power of God, the Holy Spirit. When we show patience to a loved one, a colleague at work, someone on the street, there's a certain fire. If we're living that charity, again, Jesus said to her, it's a burning charity. When we try to live that way, we are accepting the fire. We're letting our own lives be enkindled by this fire of God. When we live a little sacrifice in the day in our work, offer up a little mortification, take time for a little bit of prayer, that's allowing the fire to, uh, to keep going. And so I, I, this experience was obviously very special to St. Margaret Mary, but it can serve all of us to, to desire this, which comes with the cross. If we're going to be close to the sacred heart of Jesus, well, we'll come close to the cross. Even this remedy, Jesus said to her, I shall so mark with my cross that it will bring you more humiliation and suffering than alleviation. Sometimes we just expect God to give us consolation, alleviation from our pains. And if we don't feel it, if we don't get it, we're, oh God, where are you? 
God, don't you love me? God, are, are you not powerful enough to take this suffering away? But we look at the history of the church and the lives of the saints, and that's not the way God does things. He, he, he precisely through our suffering, he wants us to be purified and more in love. And so, Lord, help us not to complain. There's a lot of fire in that. I was talking to a fellow today, and he said he was really impressed by a colleague of his, and other people mentioned it, that one, guy, that one fellow in their, in their group, their work group, they said, there's something about that guy. He never complains. It was noticeable. It's a practicing Catholic. Well, yes, that might be part of the cross that our Lord is asking of us. Obviously, just care for people around us. And St. Margaret Mary said, The sacred heart was represented to me as a resplendent sun, the burning rays of which fell vertically upon my heart, which was inflamed with a fire so fervent that it seemed as if it would reduce me to ashes. <laughs> Lord, yes, we'll try to accept this fire that you want to give us. You've come to cast fire upon the earth. Would that it be burning. And therefore, let's avoid the pitfall of mediocrity, of lukewarmness. That's a, that's a danger. Lukewarmness. We know these words from Revelation. We considered them last week in our meditation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were cold or hot. So, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. The Lord is warning us. He's, he's spurring us on, giving us a little fire. You know, sometimes, you know, with the, I don't know, in sports or just someone, some you know, family member at the house, hey, I got to light a fire next to this guy, get him going. Well, the Lord wants to do that for us in our interior life, in our charity, in our apostolate. Our Blessed Mother will help us. But yes, let's not be neither cold nor hot. Let's just really allow the fire to come our way. The very first point of the way by St. Josemaria reminds us of this way we have to try to live. Do not let your life be sterile. Be useful. Blaze a trail. Shine forth with the light of your faith and of your love. With your apostolic life, wipe out the slimy and filthy mark left by the impure sores of hatred and light up all the ways of the earth with the fire of Christ that you carry in your heart. Indeed, the very first point of the way. This is, we've got to be out there, be useful, blaze a trail. We can't blaze if there's no fire. And we can't light up the hearts around us if we have no fire. Lord, you are the fire. We, of course, we don't, have it, we don't have it on our own. We have to beg our Lord. Inflame me, Lord. And the Lord is generous. If we strive to be generous with him, he is not outdone in generosity. So let's try to, to live that way. And very, in very practical ways, our Lord, too, in his teaching, makes it clear. Allow this fire to to be shared, to be given to others. In Matthew's chapter 25, of course, he has the three parables. The last one, the separation of the sheep and the goats. 
And it's based on charity. It's based on love for neighbor, which is the way we live out, in a way, our love for God. And there is, our Lord makes a reference to fire here in this parable, precisely about the goats, the ones who did not serve their neighbors. Then, he's, then, he, then he will say to those at his left hand, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Indeed, Jesus speaks about etern- the possibility of eternal damnation. And here's how it can come about. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me, naked, and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will say, Lord, Lord, when did we see you hungry? And thir- Lord, open our eyes. Help us to see the needs of those around us. Help us to live charity. Help us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Help us to live that commandment that you gave us at the Last Supper. No greater love has this than a man lay down his life for his friends. And if we don't, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire. Yes, while it's a possibility, indeed, some people deny that hell is even a possibility. Well, church teaching makes it clear. Jesus makes it clear. It's the misuse of our freedom. It's a possibility. And so what's our... What's our response? Well, the duty of the moment. God is with us. The Holy Spirit inspires. Like those apostles at Pentecost, the fire, you know, the flame over their heads, and, and they went out, and they were with people. They spoke to the people, and they went out serving. They, later on, they, the deacons came about to serve. That's what the root of the word deacon is, service. I mean, they... they they worked, they lived, they, they, they lived charity, they, they took care of the poor. That, that, that's the answer. They, they fed the hungry and clothed, clothed the naked and, and gave drink to the thirsty. They visited those in prison. And, and so in our way, where God calls us to live charity, we, we can accept the fire of God. And yes, that's the path to avoid the eternal fire. And it's good to want to avoid the eternal fire. That's not being selfish. Oh, I don't want to go to hell. That's a, that's a, good, that's a good thought. That's, should try to avoid hell for sure. And of course, it's by living charity that we can try to do that. And of course, accepting the purification. Another symbol of the flames, of the fire, is purification. St. Josemir writes in one of his books, you and I certainly do need purification. Here we are, close to Lent. Let's really take to heart those uh, you know, those ways of Lent: prayer, fasting, almsgiving, sacrifice. There's a certain purifications to prepare for Easter. Maybe you know, I've thought about that. What am I going to do for Lent? It's good. To, yes, of course, these acts of charity; those are the best, you know, best ones. But yes, self-denial. That's a part of, that can be part of our purification. It's still good to give something up, I'd say, for, for Lent. 
It's not just for kids to say, oh, okay, I'll give up chocolate or I'll give up this or that. Oh, well, that's just for kids. I don't do that anymore. No one's forced to. There's, there's not a, well, of course, you have to live the, the fasting and the abstinence as the church prescribes, but I don't know. There's no, no rule to give up chocolate or whatever. Well, it might be probably still good to do that. Give up something to, to show our spirit of penance and purification. And um, to live our faith to the full, realizing that the cross will have to be there. Cardinal Ratzinger, then Cardinal Ratzinger, commenting on these words of our Lord, I've come to set fire upon the earth, would that it were already burning. He said, we, 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 this calls us to step out of our comfort zone, basically. Jesus does not come to make us comfortable. Rather, he sets fire to the earth. He brings the great living fire of divine love, which is what the Holy Spirit is, a fire that burns. An apocryphal saying of Jesus attributed to origin, he says, whoever comes close to me comes close to the fire. That's basically what Jesus is saying to us. If you're going to draw close to me, accordingly, we must be prepared to be burned. Is it to be purified? And, and Cardinal Ratzinger said, especially nowadays, we ought to set these sayings against a vacuous Christianity that renders everything banal, a Christianity that would prefer to be comfortable and undemanding. Christianity is great because love is great. It burns. Yet this is not a destructive fire, but one that makes things bright and pure and free and grand. Being a Christian, then, is daring to entrust oneself to this burning fire. Indeed, Lord, save us from any uh, vacuous Christianity, a caricature of Christianity that renders everything banal, you know, nice and easy, nice and fluffy, you know, just being good, being nice. Christianity is not being, it's part of it. We, we have to be nice when it's appropriate to be nice. But that's not, that's not the heart of Christianity. Jesus wasn't nice when he was telling those Pharisees that they're whitewashed tombs. Like, like snakes. I mean, that's not nice. I mean, he had, he's, he's God. He said it. Now, that doesn't give us free reign to, to, to you say things to people we shouldn't say. But yeah, we, have to, we want to be on fire. We have to help others to be on fire. We have to let this fire come to us and, and it's demanding. It's not comfortable. I just um, recently, the Archbishop of, of San Francisco, Salvatore in Corte de Leone, he had, he had a little bit of fire in his letter he wrote to a, a national newspaper, an editorial page, about the restriction of worship that was has been imposed upon the people there. It was lifted, it was, um, you know, went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court basically said, you have to allow the people to worship. So many words, you can read up on it if you want. But he he, um, he said, it's been a long fight. 
Even as the pandemic subsided last summer and secular businesses began to open up, we still had to fight San Francisco City Hall for our right to worship. It's been a long fight. It's not easy. He wasn't comfortable. After numerous attempts at respectful dialogue with the pertinent city officials went nowhere, my patience finally wore out. It's sort of interesting. Corte de Leon, is heart of a lion, is the translation of his last name. I began to criticize City Hall publicly and gather groups for multiple simultaneous outdoor masses. And Christmas started to approach. On December 18th, I sent my priests a memo giving them permission to bring the congregation indoors if weather or safety required it. The church could be filled out only to 20% capacity, then the rule for indoor retail. And part of the thing he's getting at here is good for us to consider. What is essential? What's essential in my life? We don't have to leave it up to, he calls them the political elite, the secular elites. You know, we also have a voice. What's essential? St. John the Baptist had a voice, and he used it to talk about what's essential, about repentance, about marriage. I mean, yes, we have a voice. And Cardinal, I'm sorry, Archbishop Corleone is using his voice. And taking care of all, of course, taking care of all the proper protocols, the safety is the strict safety protocols were followed. He made sure that you know, his priest would do that. Masks, social distancing, sanitation, ventilation. So it's not like he was flying. It's this fire. Doesn't, to love with the Lord doesn't give us a right to flaunt uh, you know, proper things. But if things are unjust, we have to speak up. The state health order did not follow the science. And I knew my people had to have access to the Eucharist, rain or shine. Like all the sacraments, it cannot be live-streamed. Well, apparently the Supreme Court agreed. And so now they can worship. And you, like, uh, like retail. Thank you. Well, our time is up for a prayer here. But you know, not that we're going to have to speak out like a, an archbishop of a, of a city. But yes, we do have to speak the truth. And in our friendships, in our apostolate, in our defending the Lord, his good, his good name. Yes, let, this, let that fire you know, be useful, blaze a trail. And we can be sure that our Blessed Mother will be right there with us. She helps us along as we pray in that beautiful Stabat Mater prayer. Indeed, Facut Ardiat Cormeum in Amano Christum Deo. Mary, make my heart a flame in loving Christ God. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.